You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your ears whenever you choose to get it, sometimes a little later than expected. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews of JaysFromTheCouch.com, back here on the Locked On Podcast Network to talk, to talk Blue Jays with y'all. Um, it, it was a very emotional game yesterday. We're going to talk a lot about it, about some implications for next year coming out of last night's game, and kind of teeing up a little bit the Tampa series on the weekend. Got some other topics that I want to save tomorrow for Fan Friday because you, the fans, have sent them in and talked to me about them. And a couple of them I've been holding on to for a while. So I'm looking forward to discussing those with you tomorrow. Going to have a frank and open discussion on who's going to play first base tomorrow. But obviously we have to start today's episode of Locked On Blue Jays with the man who had his own day in the city of Toronto yesterday, the venerable John Gibbons, making his final waddles out to the pitcher's mound at the Rogers Center. As as we said on yesterday's show, if you missed it, I apologize. Again, scheduling issues there, but uh, he it was announced yesterday that this was going to be the last ride for Gibby and Gibby definitely knew it and definitely played into it. He's a, he's a lovable showman to the very end. Just going, going out there. Um, the, the way he posed with John birdie on the jumbotron in John birdie's first game too. So, just the way he was able to draw that out of him, the the way he was playing to the crowd with every trip, tipping his hat, doing the Hulk Hogan ear, just just riling a crowd up. It was clear he was just having a lot of fun with it. He was living by his mantra. He was smiling. He was enjoying every second of it. And again, that that's one of the main reasons why he's become such a lovable figure in Toronto. Just that that joie de vivre that he brought. That that ability to keep everything in perspective, know that everything's a game, like, like just enjoy what you got. I mean, he's a guy who had one career home run at the major league level. He enjoyed it and enjoyed his second trip to Toronto, became as much a part of the city, I think, as, as any other coach. Dwayne Casey, John Gibbons, the, the Toronto area was blessed with some great coaches over the past few years that have become part of the fabric. And again, it, it was just amazing to see the reactions that John Gibbons was able to get from that crowd at Rogers Center. It, it was a decent crowd given it was the last home game of the season, 22,000 on a Wednesday afternoon. So that, that I, I know it was getaway day for them, but still kind of stupid to play it then. But anyway, Gibby just took it all in. The Blue Jays were able to deliver a victory. We we went this long without talking about the actual result of the game. 3-1 win for the Blue Jays. And 
Gibby that's said that's all he wanted was just to go out with a win. He got his wish. Seven pitchers combined for the victory for John Gibbons, and and again it made it so he'd be he'd be able to come out, head to the mound, just soak in that adoration a little more, and it it was a it was interesting that he didn't really make a lot of changes to the lineup as well, maybe because. It was such a close game, and you know it was it was a tough game. Like I, again, this is this is the kind of game that we saw the Blue Jays lose a lot this year. One where the offense doesn't really get much going. It was a bullpen day for Houston as well. Chris Davinsky came out. Randall Grichuk got that early home run, and that that really was it. For the offense, that that home run, the Reese McGuire solo shot, that was it for the Blue Jays. I mean, it's it's a formula that's worked well for them in the past, just hitting a couple shots and hoping it stands up. Only one other hit, aside from those two home runs, and that was John Birdie's first MLB hit, the single he got in the eighth inning. Which, if one other person in that lineup had to get a hit, I'm glad it was John Birdie, because again, as we talked about yesterday, he. He's been grinding for for seven years. This is a well-earned reward for all he's done for this organization. And I'm glad he has a baseball that he can take and say, I hit that off of Dean Dietz, which not the most imposing of names to get hits off. But hey, Dean Dietz will live on forever in at least one ball player's memory. And yeah, it's just... You know, after a season where it's been a lot of drag, a lot of dreck, you know, it was nice to just kind of have a celebration yesterday of all the good things that the Blue Jays have given this season of Randall Gritchuk, who has inspired so many memes uh, from the Blue Jays faithful about his looks, about Sniper McKinney, who looked like he almost was a sniper, on that on that great catch he made, almost doubling up J.D. Davis at first, except it was Richard Urania that hit him in the shoulder, not Billy McKinney, because Billy McKinney's arm isn't that good, despite me calling him Sniper, apparently. But still, hey, I, a nice performance from him. He got, got on base half the time, so the OBP's strong with young McKinney. Um, it was about Reese McGuire hitting his first Major League home run, and... And getting to trot the bases for a guy who's not really thought of with the bat. He's done pretty well in his time with the Blue Jays this year. Batting 280 uh, with that first home run. And, you know, getting getting to experience that. It, it was just happiness. And we talked about some of the batters that experienced happiness. But we'll get to the pitchers in the second segment. But first... Blue Jays season may be over, but that doesn't mean that your entertainment options are done for the season. So if you're looking for things that you can do, why not check out Vivid Seats? It's an online event ticket marketplace that's dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime. You can use their software to find their favorite teams and artists performing in person and get seats to that event vivid seats has the seat lines for you so you can look where you want to sit see where you're going to get the best views of 
oh, who are the who are the popular performing artists nowadays? Uh, Nickelback still doing stuff. Let's say Nickelback. Ugh, I know, but anyway, you can find the best sightlines to see Chad Kroger go her uh, for two hours. Vivid Seeds will help you do that for any of your favorite live events. Theater, sports, they're great for it. They have great prices. It's easy to purchase seats, and if you enter the podcast code Locked On. Listeners can receive $20 off of orders of $200 or more if they are a first-time customer with Vivid Seats. So you can go to the App Store, go to Google Play, download the app, enter Locked On as your promo code, and get $20 back on a a $200 order or more as a new customer. And you can be sure you're going to get those seats because confirmed orders are backed by a 100% guarantee. So make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. Okay, so hitters, despite only getting three hits against Houston yesterday, positive, positive experiences. Billy McKinney in the field was great. He got a stolen base too, forgot to mention that. So kudos to Billy McKinney for injecting some kind of speed into the Blue Jays lineup. But obviously with a performance like that, we need to talk about the pitchers. As we said, seven pitchers combining to limit a team that has won 100 games to just five hits, one run, racked up 11 strikeouts, obviously led by Sean Reed Foley making his final start of the season. Didn't expect him to come out. And then when it was announced he was going to come out, we're like, ah, well, they'll give him a couple innings. He went beyond that. Sean Reed Foley delivered 49 pitches and got three and a third innings out of it. Five strikeouts, one walk, one hit, gave up the lone run. It was kind of unfortunate, but... You know, Carlos Correa is going to do whatever he wants to do, especially when Jake Marisnik is able to get second base very easily. That That's something the Blue Jays have to work on, is, is getting their pitchers able to put their catchers in a better position to kind of deter stolen bases, because like, teams have just been running at will on the Blue Jays this season. So Marisnik got the second, eventually scored on the Correa single. But for the most part, that was a Great performance by Sean Reed Foley with the limited amount of pitches that he had. Getting three and a third innings out of 49 pitches is a remarkable amount of efficiency that I don't think we've seen from Sean Reed Foley this year. We've seen him walk a lot of batters in his time. He gets a lot of strikeouts, but that puts the pitch count up as well. Kind of makes him like Aaron Sanchez in that regard. But that was a remarkable, uh, speedy, efficient performance from Sean Reed Foley. That's actually going to go a huge way to convince the Blue Jays front office that maybe he should be in the rotation from the start next season. I still don't think he's going to be there. I think they're going to let him start in Buffalo, maybe, you know, get a few more five inning, six inning starts under his belt. They want to see more of what they saw yesterday from Sean Reed Foley that again, that efficiency with his pitches, that ability to not have to go to a bullpen immediately, which It's fine when you get a bullpen performance like the Blue Jays did yesterday. Five and two-thirds innings of scoreless baseball from that Blue Jays bullpen. Joe Biagini coming out for an inning and a third and doing a good job in an extended appearance, which if Joe Biagini is going to stick around on this team, that's what he has to be able to do is provide multiple innings because he's not really got a seventh, eighth, ninth inning. 
profile and he's not guaranteed to have that. So Biagini being able to go out and get four outs, that's a plus. That helps. Jake Petrichka, he got an inning, but ran into a little bit of trouble giving up a couple hits. I don't know if it's enough to save Petrichka. That that 457 ERA is not great, and he's not young. He did turn 30 this year, so that might not have been enough for him. Tim Meza came out, got his one guy on three pitches. Tim Meza is going to be on this team next year for the entire season. We've already nailed that down. Ryan Tapera came out, had a shaky seventh inning, which which kind of the last time Toronto was in peril in that game, which... Again, you you don't want to try to make excuses for Ryan Zapera. He's been a bit off in the latter parts of the season. Kind of kind of looks shaky. It may be the wear and tear from just the volume of appearances he's made. He said he he wants to go back and and kind of rebuild himself in the off season. Take a look at every facet of his delivery. Make sure he's he's not getting anything out of whack. I approve of this. He's probably. He said he's going to throw less too. So that'll probably help with the arm as well. So there are things for Ryan Tapera to take into the offseason. We'll probably talk more about them uh, next month when we start getting into our year in review kind of episodes. Ooh, did I spoil something? I don't know. But for the most part, Tapera did what he needed to do after a frustrating walk from J.D. Davis. He's able to get Max Stacy to ground into a double play on the first pitch. That's a great way to come back for that. Great way to show some mental fortitude as well, which I think is another thing that people have been looking for with Ryan DePera, just to, to kind of get back to being the guy who was trusted enough during those playoff runs. And then, of course, Tyler Clippard, pair of strikeouts, deep fly ball, Tyler Clippard experience to a T. Again, it's been fun having him here. I don't think he's going to be back, but we'll appreciate the memories, Clippy, and thank you for for you know maintaining that goggle lineage. But Danny Jansen's up now, so you're you can move on. And then everyone's favorite closer, Ken Giles, his first save opportunity against his former club. He was ruthless. Five pitches. Fly ball from Tyler White, ground out from Kyle Tucker, and then J.D. Davis just looking foolish up there. You can tell he wanted that one real bad for for Gibby, for the team, and just to stick it to A.J. Hinch and the Astros. It's like, yeah, you may have sent me to Toronto, but you're not rid of me. That was fun to watch Ken Giles. Like, you, you... you almost like rubbed your hands, just like ooh, ooh, I'm, like get your popcorn, like like just so ready for everything that Ken Giles had to offer, and Ken Giles did not disappoint. Like I said, he he's already going to be the closer for next year. I don't see him being traded. You wouldn't trade a young asset like that during the off season. I don't think so. I'm looking forward to seeing him in Blue Jay Blue next year, and. Seeing seeing more of that sweet fastball slider combo. So so yeah, just wanted I had to I had to mention everyone who pitched yesterday because that was a collectively solid effort. It's it's not something you could say a lot from the Blue Jays this season, but just very well done. Just everyone to go out there, fill their role, fill their inning, do it confidently, and 
and get a solid win for John Gibbons in his final tour of duty with the Blue Jays. So we'll look forward to that final series that Gibby will be in control of, the three-game set in Tampa, right after this. All right. So we'll 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 try and keep this quick, I think, because we're we'll talk about this on Monday. There will be a Monday episode of Locked On Blue Jays, and you know it it will be focused on the three games in Tampa, but that'll kind of be the start of like our our in review series, I guess, where we'll go through the majority of the Blue Jays roster, kind of kind of have some key figures we're gonna hit on, and then. You know, like some others who will get some passing mention. Like, I mean, John Birdie, I love the story, but you're going to get like a sentence or two mention in those. Just proud of you. Proud of you got that hit. And I'm I'm glad you, you can say you were an MLB player. But yeah, it's going to be things similar to that. And we'll look at some key figures for the Blue Jays, especially going into the offseason. Players who might be in line for a bigger role next year or players who might find themselves on the outside looking in. That's that's probably what we're going to do for the next couple weeks or so. But you know, one of the one of the groups that will be expected to step up will be those starting pitchers, especially the ones, well two of the ones who are going to be going against Tampa, going to be some rematches. Uh Thomas Pannone goes against Tyler Glass now in the opener. That'll be on Friday. Then Ryan Barucki matches up with Blake Snell again on on uh, Saturday. So that it was entertaining the first time. Hopefully Barucki can get the better of him this time out. But you know Blake Snell is a good candidate to win the Cy Young. So I'm I'm just looking for Ryan Barucki to do his best and and try to to keep pace with Snell. You did a pretty good job on Sunday. So. And then the finale will be started by Marco Estrada, likely his final start as a Blue Jay. Um, there, there's a, usually a sizable contingent of Blue Jays in Tampa, so he'll probably get some love while he's down there. But yeah, Barucki and Pannone are going to be the big focal points for this series for the Blue Jays to see if they can both deliver a, a, a good finishing kick to the season. Not that they haven't been great before. I mean, that... They're two of the top 12 Blue Jays in terms of war, according to baseball reference, which when you consider Barucki came up halfway through the year and Pannone came up like in August, it's pretty remarkable. Pannone's been worth a full one war, which, you know, awesome. Barucki is is at 1.6, which, again, puts him fourth ahead of Sung Juan Oh, who's still fifth. With 1.5, despite being traded two months ago. But, no, the Barucki and Pannone have given Blue Jays fans a lot of faith, essentially. And, yes, I know I'm pronouncing faith funny, but you know how I speak by now. But, like we said, Ryan Barucki and Thomas Pannone being able to go out there and deliver quality start after quality start for a team that's so bereft of quality starts this season... Again, hovering at the bottom of MLB with Baltimore for just a lack of ability to deliver six innings and and just continuously putting work on that bullpen. For Barucki and Pannone to come up immediately and being able to give innings, that is so huge 
for this team moving forward. And it means that Sam Gaviglio does not have to make 23 starts for this team next year, hopefully. That that means that the team's not relying on a Marco Estrada, who his best years are sadly behind him more than likely, unless he has a Bartolo Colon-like renaissance next year. But it won't be in Toronto. And especially considering the injuries to Aaron Sanchez and Marcus Stroman that derail both those campaigns, Rocky and Pannone have given the Blue Jays stability in the rotation, and that's what they'll be counted on for next year. It, things will be more set in stone, I think, with that bullpen. Like, you'll see Giles, Tapera, Meza, um, Joe Biagini. Uh, there, there's room for, for other names. I, I think Taylor Greary could get a long look in spring training next year. I think David Polino could as well. Polino very impressive in his relief appearances this season. So there, there, there are building blocks there for the Blue Jays, which outside of Sanchez and Stroman, there weren't, there was no proof that there were real building blocks for the team outside of a garbage person. But we're not talking about the garbage person anymore because Houston left town. So yeah, it it's, Again, it's faith for the Blue Jays, and it's faith moving forward. And again, with with the hitting prospects hopefully arriving next year, it, it's going to be really interesting. I I I believe we'll see good final starts from Barucki and Pannone against the Tampa team that you know not playing as hard anymore, going to play more of its youngsters. It's a good opportunity for them to just build on what they've done this season and and get another shot at a win. Maybe not. Uh, for Ryan Barucki having to face Blake Snell, but Pannone's got a good chance. Already beaten Tyler Glass now twice this season, so hey, that that's a thing. Five and one looks really good for Thomas Pannone. So anyway, we uh, have reached the end of today's episode of Locked On Blue Jays. So thank you all for tuning in. If you want to talk at me during this off day about you know whatever else is going on in baseball. Uh, who you who you think Oakland's going to start in the wild card game? Whoever you want to discuss, hit me up on Twitter at neoac18. That's neoac18. Happy to answer as many questions as I can, and just happy to get into a discussion with you, the fans, because we'll, we'll get more into this tomorrow, I think. But I've I've said before, y'all are the reason why I do this, and I thank you for your responses and just, you know, making me feel all warm and fuzzy inside every time you like what I throw out there. Follow this podcast at Locked on Jays. Make sure you don't miss an episode. Subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, however you get your podcast. Make sure you're listening to Locked on Jays. Like I said, we will be here. We're not going away during the winter. We're not fading under the snow. There are plans, and we will we'll go into them in more detail. Like I said, we went into them a little bit today, but we'll go into them in more detail, I think, on Monday. But yeah, for everyone here at the Locked On Podcast Network and Locked On Blue Jays, I've been Ryan Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode, and y'all take care. <laughs>